Thank y'all for letting us be here again. I heard an adage years ago that has stuck with me, and it says something like this. All guests bring joy. Some when they come, others when they go. All guests bring joy, some when they come, others when they go. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been there. My father, who is now with the Lord, who loved Pastor Debbie and Rick McNeely so very much, he told the story of a man in Louisiana that wore a very heavy coat all summer. It would be in Louisiana what we would call an Illinois coat, a heavy coat. Y'all get cold up here. Our cold may be a little different. We have a lot more humidity, so it's damp. It goes all the way to your bones. And I know y'all have got humidity, but Dad would tell the story about this wore this heavy winter coat, Pastor Rick, all summer. Big furry coat. July in summer, Louisiana. Humid. And, and it, it, was just, it was just crazy. But, but he would wear that coat. Big fur collar. And he'd wear that coat. And people would come up to him and they would say, Why are you wearing that heavy winter coat? It's hot. It's 100 degrees and 98% humidity. Why are you wearing that? And the man would look at them and he would say this. He would say, because it feels so good when I take it off. <laughs> so that's kind of like me being here today. Just bear it. It'll be so good when I'm gone next week. Pastor, <laughs> Pastor, Pastor, Rick will, Pastor Rick will be back. And uh, we're honored and blessed to be here. Uh, I'm thankful again for longtime friendship that we cannot explain or tell you all of the details. There's no one that I have more confidence in from a level of integrity and character than your pastors. And uh, they are remarkable. They are remarkable. I have, I have traveled overseas with them. They have ministered in our pulpit probably some 20 uh, revivals, uh, maybe plus, uh, if you wanted to uh, tell Kel and count all the times they've preached for us over the years. And we're just family. Yesterday, we sat down and just picked right back up because that's what friendships are. I even got Pastor Rick in a Western store yesterday, a cowboy store. And uh, that, was, that was so cool. And I'm going I'm to tell y'all what he did for me. He bought me a blanket for my horse to go under my saddle. And I am so cool. I am so cool, and uh, I'm going to use that use that blanket. And um, I need some I need some help right quick. Uh, could you help me, please? Could you help me? And uh, 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 Steve, right? No. What is it? James, James, can you come help me? I need I need you to take this for me, please. Uh, can you can you take this for me, please? Uh, would you go give that to your sister? 
Not the papers, just the notebook. Thank you. Keep that for me later. I may want him to get out of town. You've, 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 you've desired that for several years, so I'm just going to give it to you. And uh, uh, she kept telling me how much she liked my notebook. The last time I was here, this time she told me the same thing, and she didn't even know I still have it. So I'm not going to use it anymore. I'm going to give it to you. And so uh, I'm such a nice guy. Isn't that sweet? And that's from Pastor Karen and I because we like you. Okay? And if you want Pastor Rick to have it, you can give it to him. But it's yours to do with what you want. Okay? The book of Colossians talks to us about a multiplicity of things as Paul writes to this awesome church. And he makes a reference to a person that you will hear the name of mentioned in the Scripture Ephraim, but my thoughts today are to challenge you in a subject matter that I believe is very relevant for where we are. And then when Pastor Karen began to make her encouraging remarks, not knowing what the Lord had given me for you today, it was right in line, Angel, with, with what... I have, and I'm honored and blessed today that the Holy Ghost would confirm for me. Paul writes to this church, and he is looking at them and looking at their character, and then he is challenging them to move forward, which I believe is where we are today. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, since I've known you, there's been a few things. Now, some of you are not doing it because you don't like your, you hadn't spoke to him all morning. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, there's been a few things about you since I've known you that have changed in your appearance. I met Tristan this morning, right, Tristan? Stand up. Sit down. <laughs> I love telling black belts or brown belts and whatever he is what to do. It makes me feel empowered. <laughs> but Pastor Rick, he's a smart aleck. You didn't hear what he said to me. I said, Tristan, I don't like you. I said, you're thin. You got hair, you're young. I said, you have no waist. And he looked at me and he said, it's because I work out pretty regular. <laughs> As if to say, fat old man, I know what your problem is. <laughs> you won't be the head usher here next week, son, if I'm here, I promise you that. <laughs> And all he does is give me a thumbs up like I'll see you in the parking lot, boy. <laughs> you see, the Word of God in 98 years has not changed. The same passion 
Pastors Debbie and Rick that established this ministry are still active today. Amen. The same authority that called this place into existence Amen. 98 years ago to, is still here today. Amen. In fact, I will say it's greater because it has had all of the impetus of faith exercised. Let me remind you that faith has got to be exercised. You got to move. You can't have a fat faith waste. Sometimes that's where that little splitting of the hairs with Christianity and believers comes into existence because we have set back on our religious couches and we have picked out our remote, picked up our remote and flipped the channels to try to see if we can find something about God that's pleasing us at that moment. And then we sit there for a little while. But we don't want to get up and do anything. But see, your faith is an active component. That's why we're here today in this facility 98 years later with you here today because somebody set it in motion. But I'm going to challenge you today that you've got to change and we've got to change and we can't look like we did then. Because while he is what he was then, he has not called us to be what we were then. If you're not changing, you're dying. Anything that's alive is changing. Every now and then, Pastor Karen looks at me. Come here, baby. You're not going to get up. Shows I'm the man of my house. <laughs> and, and, and she will, Pastor Debbie, she'll say, Pastor Rick, she'll say, you look better now than you ever did before. Careful. <laughs> I mean, not you. <laughs> I mean, there was a time, Tristan, I had hair. There was a time, Tristan, that, that I, in fact, how old are you? 34. At 34, I looked way better than you do now. <laughs> the problem is when you get to be my age, you ain't going to look this good because I look better than you did. <laughs> and Karen will look at me and she'll say, you look, you, look, you look better now than you ever did. I'm like, lie to me some more, baby. Tell me. I just believe God forgives a woman when she brags on a man, no matter what she says. It's automatically, Pastor Rick, under grace. It's just forgiven. God forgives that. You see, in your faith, listen to this. Write this down mentally. Effort matters. I have not come here to tell you that you can rest. I've come here to tell you that your effort matters. I've come here to tell you that actions count. Effort matters and actions count. From the simple fact that, that, that Dan steps out and comes and stands by his brother today. That you greeted one another. Actions count. That when you leave here, actions count. When you get to Hardy's up the road... 
and you go through the drive-through and somebody gets your order and you have to drive back through and they say you were just here and you said got my order wrong actions count when you get out of your car in the parking lot at church and from the time you left the house it's been kind of tense because there's a age-old fact that we've all waited on a woman oh it's quiet now I better not go there actions count activity is critical and work is necessary I want to tell this church this today that effort matters actions count activity is critical and work is necessary I did not come here today to tell you to clap your hands because of all the things you've accomplished all the things you've accomplished have only set precedent for where we've got to go can you say amen for the way you look now you've got to make up and you've got to move forward into where you're supposed to be so Paul writes to this church at Colossae and before I read I want to challenge you with this thought and I will prove it in the few moments that we share and it is simply this what are you going to do next what are you going to do next look at the preacher and say preacher a lot of you said it say preacher that's not everybody say preacher what are you going to do next I want all the wives to look at your husbands and say, baby, what are you going to do next? I want all the men to look at your wives and say, whatever you say, dear. <laughs> From the message translation, Colossians 1, beginning with verse 5. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. Now, I'm speaking to you today, and I'm challenging you with the fact that you have a responsibility after 98-plus years and after how long you've been a part of the body of Christ. And again, I speak to you individually and corporately. That there is a message that is true among you. And it is, if you won't mind me emphasizing it again, it has not diminished or weakened over time. It's the same all over the world. And the message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger. Somebody say stronger. That's why I'm not afraid to lay hands on two gentlemen this morning with Pastor Rick. Let me remind you, it's not Pastor Rick's anointing, it's not my anointing, it's not your anointing, it's his word that is anointed that says it cannot lie. You see, that word, that's why Dan comes down here and he's healed, and that's why is going to be healed. Why? Because his word cannot lie. Amen. He is not a man that he can lie. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? 
recognize this. The message bears fruit and gets stronger and larger. And just as it has in you, from the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you have been hungry for more. I just, I want somebody, I just wish you'd, I wish right now, you know what, I wish you'd come next Sunday or, 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 or the next time you're here, I wish you'd come with a fork. Or I wish you'd come with a big old, big old spoon. Not, not with them little teaspoons. In Louisiana, we have what we call dimitas. Y'all know what dimitas is? Little dimitas. Listen, when you sit down with a gallon of bluebell, you don't get a dimitas spoon. When you sit down, y'all know what bluebell is? And I survived the famine of bluebell when it was shut down there for several. I mean, it was, it was horrible. Withdrawals. I was, I was, I was, but I don't sit down with my gallon of bluebell with a little bitty spoon and say, hmm, that's pretty good. I think that's all I'll have. Ain't no way. And I don't get no bowl out. Ain't no need dipping no bowl. Eat out of the gallon. And if people don't like you double dipping, tell them, get your own gallon. Know what I'm saying? My wife says, don't double dip. I say, I'm not. I'm triple dipping. I'm four dipping. I'm... From the very first time you heard it and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Ephraim. He was one reliable worker for Christ. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love had been worked into your lives by the Spirit. And I want to use this just for a moment, and I will not belabor the point, but I am speaking about your pastors this morning. If I have ever seen God's love working through two people in my life and watching it grow, I guarantee you, you've got two pastors that believe that and have that in their life. Can you say amen? I want you to give your pastors an appreciation for who they are and for what they've done. Thank you. Thank you. They're, they're not perfect. They're not perfect because I'm their friend. If they were perfect, I could not be in their lives. True. They're not perfect. Good news. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't either. But these folks are honorable. Why did I come here today? Because I know them. I know them. I know them. I know them. And I know what's in them. And why am I here today? Because I know what's in you. And I know after 98 years that you're not going to stay where you've been. And you're going somewhere. And you're headed somewhere. And the faith that is in you is greater than any faith that's ever been before. Why? Because you're growing. And you're not. You're not staying where you once were. And I cannot wait, Pastor Rick, I cannot wait till there's more Dan Davises. And not that not elevating Dan and Bianca. I'm just telling you, every time there's a need in this altar, somebody needs to come with somebody else. Don't wait on the praise team to lead you into worship. You need to be leading them into worship, saying, come on, take me where I want to go. Take me where I can be, because my God is able and provide. And that's the power of worship. Yeah. 
disappointed me that Eddie didn't want me to come sing with him. But I don't need you to sing. I can step out like you did. In fact, he's going to have a whole lot more to change. I know you want to look like me, but that's okay. You can't. I'm going to look like you. See, I love that. When Jesus steps out, his legs 49 feet long. <laughs> I'd hurt myself if I tried to step out as far as he did. When you look at him, when you look at me, look what God's going to have to do to me to get me looking like him. That ain't funny. <laughs> Look what God's going to have to do to you to get us looking like Christ. Amen. He said that you'll be changed, that you'll be transformed, but that we are his image in this earth. Pastor Rick, that's what we need in this arena, right here in this city, right here in Murfreesboro. We don't need another church. We don't need another religion. We don't need another pastor. We need some believers that will simply take what's been built and start allowing the presence and the power of God's Spirit to move. I'm going to say it carefully, Pastor Debbie. We don't need another keyboardist. We don't need another guitar player. We don't, we don't need a fresh song. We just need somebody that will say, hey, the same power that began this thing is the same power that's taking us somewhere. And we're not supposed to be what we were. We're supposed to be what he's called us to be. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will. And so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you will live well for the master. Somebody say live well. Making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. Let me remind you, effort, actions, activity, work. We pray that you will have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. Amen. Oh, let me remind you, when you recognize that you're not working by your power, you're working by his power. And let me remind you, you can't work God's power. We've tried to work it up. You can't work it up. He simply shows up and you follow the work he wants you to do. Can you say amen? amen? Watch this. It is strength that endures. The endurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. So, Pastor, what, what does all this mean? Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire through understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you will live for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard. This is my prayer for you. As you work hard in his orchard, as you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We will pray that you will have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of just getting by and gritting your teeth, but the glory-filled strength God gives. 
gives. It is the strength that endures the endurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. Amen. May I ask you a question? Where have you been? Where have you been? Where's this church been? Where have you been personally? What decisions have you made that you left a place to get you here and the circumstance that surrounded your choice? I want to ask you that question. Why are you here today? Why are you here? What brought you here? Some of you aren't sure. Some of you know exactly. What circumstances surrounded you at that point in your life to where you chose to be here on today? I want to ask you that. I could tell you my story. It's, it's rather boring. But I could, I, could, I could tell you my story. But I want you to know that I made some decisions some time ago that led me to this place that I am today. And I am thankful, watch this, for where I was and the decisions I made then that have led me to where I am today. And I don't know who you are, but you raised your hand and you blessed me, brother. Because I can remember where I was and what got a hold of me that let me know I've got to be here. I'm not talking about in this building. I'm talking about in your station in a relationship with Christ. Anybody remember the pit you were dug from? The wonderful lady who made our announcements and did such a great job. She talked about the mud. She talked about the dirt clods. <laughs> That's me. Some of you were even throwing dirt clods from your mud pile. But you knew something had to happen in you. But I also want to ask you this. What about this incredible ministry and where we have come from? Where were you? Where were we that led us to this place? I want to ask you secondarily, not only where did you come from, where were you, but I want to ask you where you are now. So where are you right now? Where am I? Where is George Lee Glass? What made me drive 11 hours to come and, 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 and give away my notebook <laughs> that I love? that I really like, that I remember when I bought, that's valuable to me, and I'm wondering if I can get me another one. And it wasn't nothing but the Holy Ghost made me give it to you because George didn't want to. <laughs> My wife knows that. I got, a, I, got a, I got a mouse pad, the same thing. I get, it's like a death set. I got the whole thing. Now you got the most valuable thing, and, and I'm feeling like maybe I want it back, but I'm going to be all right. See, why am I here? I'm going to ask you point blank. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here, dude? My name's George. What's yours? Austin. Sir? Austin. Austin. Man, you're a good looking dude. I wish I had hair that I could do that with. <laughs> Austin, I'm, but why are you here? I love the fact you got on Christ Community Church softball. Y'all got a softball team? You better than Pastor Rick? Yeah. Talk to him. Oh, he doesn't play? <laughs> Why are you here? Are you going to sit here and just be here? Are you satisfied just to be here? Where have you been? And let me remind you, at one point you said that where you were, if you ever got out of there, you would never get back there again. 
But from time to time, we have allowed even our relationship with Christ to become somewhat stoic to the point that we quit looking at ourselves and from time to time we look at other people. Hmm. Is there anybody here that loves to people watch? I'm fixing to have a laying on the hands. Is there anybody here that has ever watched somebody walk across a parking lot and said, hmm. Okay, I got four hands that time. Thank you. How many of you have ever said, hmm. I'm glad that ain't. Thank you for being honest. You're on the front row. How many of you ever seen somebody and said, I wish that was me? That Porsche pulls up beside you and your truck's missing. And that Porsche pulls up beside you. Boom, boom. See, I know what they sound like because I want one. <laughs> guess, guess where I'm going to have one? Maybe in heaven. But what about that? that, that <laughs> isn't it amazing that somehow some people look so good in all their costumes? And you go home and you try on the same costume and it don't look like you did on, it did on them. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I've lost the whole crowd. Pastor Rick, my dad used to say this. He said, some stretch pants have no other choice. <laughs> you go home trying to be somebody else and put that, and it, ain't, it, it, you, it don't look the same. You see, me getting out of a Porsche, Tristan, because of my waist, which is not that bad, I'd be hurting after I got out of that thing. You'd just pop out. I want to ask you where you are. Where's your relationship with Christ? It's 1124. I want to ask you, where are you? Where are you right now? Where's your belief system? Why are you leading worship? Why? Because your sister wants you there? Why, why, why are you here? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do? And, and, and I, don't, I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I want you to know, if you do not think this thing is ready to go, you need to just flip your phone to the news, or you need to pick up a newspaper if you still do that, or you need to listen to the television. You need to get off the game section, and you need to recognize this world is in a heap of a mess. We're living in the greatest spirit, demonic spirit of divisiveness. I believe, Pastor Rick, and this is theological for me, but since Satan, since Lucifer tried to divide heaven, let me remind you that the spirit of divisiveness originated in heaven. It birthed itself in visible expression in Eden. And now our world is so contaminated with divisiveness 
to where from cultural to political to familial, in every relationship, there is a dividing spirit. It's happened in churches. It's happened in Christendom. That's why I'm going to say it again respectfully to your pastor. He'll correct all this myth third time today. But Christianity is becoming so persona non grata. We need somebody that'll stand and say, I am a believer in the word of God. And I stand on the word of God. And heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, his word will never pass away. Would you give him an ovation of worship and praise because he's God, he's great, he's good, and he's mighty. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. 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 So you ask me where I am, I'm not where I was last year. I'm not where my daddy was. I'm not where my granddaddy was. And I'm not where it was 98 years ago, but I'm standing on the word of God, which says I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I am that I am because he said that I was. Give him one more shout of worship and one more shout of praise. Oh, hallelujah. I want to ask you where you want to go. Lastly, I want to ask you where you want to go. Where do you want to go? Oh, well, you know, you know, Pastor, I think we just need to stay right here, right where we are. I think, I, think, I think this is as far as we need to go. We still have a little debt. And so it'd be better for us not to look down the road. I, I, I think we ought to try to fill this building up three or four times. But, you know, we hadn't got it. It's not jam-packed every Sunday. So I'm not sure. I want to say this very carefully. If you want to go somewhere, you need to recognize where you were and what happened to get you where you are. And know that if he brought you from there to here, what can he take you through and to if you'll just trust him? Look at your neighbor and say, you, you, you don't remember the mess I was in. Oh, come on. Look at your neighbor. Say, say, I was in a mess. Say, I was in a mess. Say, I smelled bad. Some of you will not look at your neighbor and say, I smell bad. I don't understand. Look at you. They know you stinks from time to time. Look at them. Say, you smell bad. (laughs) Pastor Karen and I were married 26 years. And I came home from a hunting trip. And I'd never gone more than about two days of not shaving. And I got out of that truck after four days. This is about four days. And she said, ooh, baby. (laughs) Friday night, I like that. I said, girlfriend, me and you both. (laughs) So you know what I've done? I've tried my best. I measured it that night. And I have done my best. This is about four days. I don't let it get past four days because she didn't say she liked it on day five. (laughs) 
And whatever stirs that woman up, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep it. So I, Pastor Debbie said, I ain't seen you with your facial hair. I said, I don't care. I'm living with that woman. She thinks I'm hot. She thinks I'm something. She thinks I'm the real deal. Let me tell you what. Your father looks at you and he knows you're something. You're not here by some accident. You're not here by some fluke of circumstance. Where do you want to go? He wants you in a deeper relationship than we even had in 25 years. 98 years ain't nothing to what he's going to do to you, Pastor Rick. I'm telling you, you have not seen. You preached in churches all over the world, but you have not seen what God's going to do in Murfreesboro, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I need some believers in this house. Would you give him one more hand clap of worship and one more hand clap of praise? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, would you help me stand up? Pastor Debbie, music, whatever you do. Look at your neighbor and say, help me, help me, help me. I want you to look at me, everybody. I want you to say, preacher. Say, preacher. Come on, talk to me. Say, preacher. What are you going to do next? Somebody help me, please. Say, preacher. What are you going to do next? I hope, I hope Pastor Rick three weeks from now calls me and says, why in the world did you get him to ask me what I'm going to do next? Somebody needs to walk up to him this afternoon. In fact, I need four guys right now. You need to walk up to your pastor and say, Pastor, where are we going next? Come on, leave. Go. Go ask him. Say, where are we going next? Come on, go ask him. Where are we going next? Thank you, Dan. Come on, where are we going next? The ones that aren't coming are the ones that are scared to move. Come on, just say, where are we going next? Your wife will let you go. What I'm warning you to see is where are we going next? Pastor Rick, where are you going next? Pastor Rick would call me and say, you want to go to Trinidad? i say, wherever you say, I'm going. You want to go to Jamaica? Well, we should have never said yes on that trip. Thank you, Pianke. Where are you going next? Where are we going Pastor Debbie, where are we going next? Let me remind you that Paul writes, and he says, I remember all the things that God has blessed you with. But I want to remind you that your work is important. I want to remind you that your effort's important. I want to remind you that your activity's important. I want to remind you that you can't sit. I want to remind you that where you were, where you were, where you started is just a tool to get you where you were to now. And I want you to know that where you're headed ain't nothing compared to where you've ever been before in your life. I'll close with this simple analogy. My mom and dad bought a house a number of years before they passed away that some folks had lived in. And I'm not being critical. It's just an observation. And I'll never forget when I walked into that house, all the furniture was gone from the previous owners. And Pastor Rick, I think you were in that house. It's the one there on Dry Creek when they lived right down the road from me. When they walked in, when we walked in that house, the furniture was gone. And, and the carpet had faded or had darkened, rather, where the furniture wasn't. You could see the original color of the carpet underneath the furniture. 
Why? Because the furniture had never been moved. 25 years. And I thought to myself, that really stuck with me. Because I thought to myself, you know, if I stay in the same place, guess what happens to my life? I fade and I change colors. And that's not what God wants me to do. He wants me to stay fresh. He wants me to stay the color that he made me. And I simply want to bless you today in the closing moments. And I want you to slip your hand in your neighbors. And Pastor Rick, thank you for these moments. Father, I bless this house now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's resident here. I did not bring it, it's here. But I thank you that there are two or three people in this house today who have come and so the presence of the Lord is in this place and I bless this house today. And if anybody would just like to step forward right now while I'm praying, I'm going to bless you as well. I don't know who you are. Maybe you just want to stay where you are. But Father, I bless this audience and I bless them right now with that anointing of your spirit that we are thankful that where we were has led us to where we are, but where we are is not where we're going to stay. 98 years is a great history, but it's not a finality and it's not our conclusion. It's not all. It's only a start. And so I bless this house. I bless your sons and your daughters. These are your children. You know them from the inside out. You knew them, my word says, when they were in their mother's womb. You knew the plans you had for them. And you also said that that is to prosper them and bless them. And you also said that those plans could not be interrupted by man. But if we would seek you first, your kingdom and its righteousness, that everything else would be added to us. And so I bless this house. And I want everyone right now to say this out loud. Everyone say, Lord, I receive your word into my spirit. So where and what am I going to do next? Where am I going? What am I going to do next? I hope the next time you see me, if it's not in the heavens, I hope that you'll say, you know what? George Lee went somewhere different than he was when he was here last time. I hope that you don't even hardly recognize me, not because I might have changed on the outward as we tried to teasingly identify an analogy, but that you'll know that something in my spirit has deepened and strengthened and broadened. And I will walk into this house, Pastor Rick, and it'll be just an anointed place. You'll pull on the parking lot and it'll be pulsating with the glory and with the power of the Holy Ghost. That this house will be full in three or four services and there'll be another building that'll be planning. Not because you're worried about money, because he's got all the money that you need. You don't have to worry about that. He's your source. He's your provider. And you'll say, oh, people will be turning in to the side. Not because the beautiful sign, but because there's an anointing of the power of God's presence that's alive in this house. And all the people said, Amen. And I'd like for you to join me one more time and in a thanksgiving for where we're going and what we're going to do next. Would you give the Lord a huge hand clap of worship and a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus. I thought about... Uh, this past week we went up to Branson and we watched the production there, Samson. 
And Samson found himself in a place he never thought he would be. And it was because he got lax in his relationship with God. He had served as a judge for Israel for 20 plus years. Sometimes it's easy to get into a routine of just going to church instead of being the church. Talked about where are we going next? I hope it's outside of these four walls. I hope that you understand that every Sunday we gather, it's to get filled up so we can pour out. And if we're just getting filled up and not pouring out, we're becoming a cesspool. So we've got to pour out. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I want to pour out. Well, how do you do that? Where, where do you go to do that? Well, sometimes you just slap a bullhorn on the back of your Jeep and drive down the road and start yelling, he's alive, he's alive. You'd be surprised how much attention you get. People thought I'd lost my mind. I didn't care what people thought. I found for the first time in my life a God that was real, that loved me, that cared about me, and I wanted everybody to know it. So I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say this with me. What has God done for you lately? And then what you ought to do is share that with everybody you can come in contact with. Debbie gets anointed to go shop. She went, where, where were you at? You went shopping this she got on a rampage. I mean, she got anointed this past week. She, she was in, in shops, and she'd been holding back a little bit. And, man, she went in these shops, and all of a sudden, she's coming out, and she's saying, it was her birthday. That's right. And she's saying, you see what I got? You see what I got? You see, oh, oh by the way, I, when I was in there, there was a lady, and I led her to the Lord. And, and she, I'm telling you the truth, man, just encounters. Because you need to remember this. I told a guy one time, we, he came to me, and you know, I'd been doing some street ministry, and he came and he, he said, man, I feel like I need to preach like I need to preach. I said, well, then preach. He said, well, you know, I'd like to do street ministry, but I, I you know, I, I need a piano player. It'd be nice if I had a drummer, you know, need guitar, some singers. And I looked at him, and I said, man, you can wait your life for that. I said, if you need to, if you want to preach I said if you if you have to have a pulpit to preach then you're not a preacher because folks I was preaching long before I ever found a pulpit I'd find a corner I'd find a parking lot I'd find a bullhorn because I knew that what I had to say people needed to hear I'm going to ask us just to come we're going to pray in just a moment but i'll never forget this I, I want to end with this and i'm so thankful for the word that pastor george shared I, I was in metropolis illinois with a pastor and he'd asked me to do a street meeting so i was doing a street meeting and all of a sudden i looked up and down the, the down the sidewalk there came a guy walking toward me that looked like he had eaten a Sherman tank. I mean, this guy, man, he was bulging. 
and he didn't have a smile on his face and I saw him coming and I thought God here we go I didn't know what was getting ready to happen I just walked out to meet him and when I got close enough to see his face I saw big old tears streaming down it he'd been down the street listening the word changes people I'm, look, I'm so thankful for the gifts of the Spirit and for the, in all that God does. But the one thing that I prayed, was when I, I, I prayed, I said, God, I thank you for the gifts. I want you to use me in the gifts. But more important to me than anything else is, God, let your word come alive inside my life so I can make it come alive to someone else. Because it's his word that sets you free. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. doesn't happen inside these walls it happens every place you walk everywhere you put your foot it's territory for you to claim for God when they were told to take Jericho they went around that city without any explanation of how it was going to happen they didn't have any insight on what God was going to do. And to make matters worse, they were told they couldn't say anything. How many of you have ever wanted to say something and couldn't? I've been there. I was going down to a meeting at Hot Springs one time. We were getting ready to kick off a ministry called the Master's Table. God spoke to me on the way down there and said, I want you to hold your peace. I started praying the rest of that trip. I said, well, God, what's getting ready to happen down here? And I promise you that night when I went into that meeting, it was like a Jerry Springer event. I'm not kidding you. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. And I stood there and, and I, I had that word, hold your peace. So I didn't say a word. I found out a long time ago, if you'll let God do your talking, <laughs> He can talk louder than you can. Amen. So, when you walk out of here, let God talk through you. Let him talk through your life, through your actions. And let's see this church bust its seams. Amen. I'm telling you, I, I told... I told I've talked to a few people and I said there's something that I feel in my spirit that we're getting ready to see a breakout of revival if you'd been here the last encounter night you would have seen young people laid all across the front of this church that had never experienced that in their life I think it's time some of us old folks experience that too how about you Matter of fact, where's Cecil at? Is Cecil in here? Did he get, did he took off? Well, I'll talk about him now he's gone. Cecil's, how old is Cecil? 81 years old. Cecil was laid out like a pancake. I talked to him the next day and he said, man, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, it took me a little bit to get myself together. <laughs> you understand? It's about God. This is what, what always intrigued me. We believe 
that he spoke this world into existence but we don't believe that he can touch us somehow that doesn't seem right to me if you'll let him he'll come right in where you're at touch your body turn it around for you and let your test become your testimony amen let's stretch our hands to heaven father we're thankful god for 98 years lord you were <laughs> you were here working and god you kicked this thing off under a tent father it's touched the hearts of thousands in those years lord you pulled us here just within the last six years god and we're thankful for it it's been one of the thrills of our life but lord we're ready for the explosion so we pray today that you'll use us each one of us individually that you'll cause us not to come and just gather and sit but you'll cause it to be like a fire that's shut up in our bones that when we leave this place we can't help but talk about how good you are how powerful you are how real you are lord we give you thanks for it right now and we declare it from this day forward i'm moving come on say it with me i'm moving on i'm not I, i'm not gonna let grass grow underneath my feet i'm gonna see it's time to take some new territory for god i'm moving forward let me just share this with you if you were on fire for god once upon a time and you let that flame die, die down and you've kind of gotten passive with your walk all you need to do is what samson did uh, he came to himself in a prison uh, he looked up and said god uh, i don't know how i got here uh, but i need you to move me uh, i need you to touch me again uh, in his last hour became his finest hour because he turned to God. I, I'm going to say, we're going to take the offer, and I promise I'm, I'm getting ready to end right now. But I'm telling you, I was so moved by that because I saw something in that production that I had never thought about before. We always looked at Samson's life, and we looked at it as a failure, like, oh, you know, look where he wound up at. But when you look at Samson's life, and at the end of his life, what you see uh, is grace on display. Uh, what you see is the power of God uh, taking a man uh, that tripped up, uh, picked him up, uh, and allowed him uh, to experience his grace greatest victory at the moment that the devil thought would be his final defeat why don't you just shake yourself a little bit just do just shake yourself if you just, if you can't shake yourself shake the person sitting next to you say I'm shaking off yesterday and it's a brand new day in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. I want you to get ready to see your family coming in here saved. I want you to expect your healing. I, I want you to expect that the people that looked you in the face and told you they didn't want anything to do with God are about to look in your face and say, I can't wait until we have church again.
God's turning it around. Amen. And it's got to start with me. Just say it. It's going to start with me. Right here, right now. Stretch your hands to heaven and love me. Father, we thank you for what you're doing, God. Lord, now we ask, Father, that you ignite a flame in our heart that burns into a fire that cannot be extinguished. Father, let the fires of revival burn in us and through us and send us into this community, into this county, into this state, into this world for your glory. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. We hope you've been touched by today's message. I wanted to take a moment and just remind you how very much God loves you. The Apostle Peter tells us that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, God speaks through the prophet and tells us that I know what my plans are for you, that they're plans for good and not for destruction, to give you a future and a hope. That's what God wants for your life. He has a plan and a purpose designed specifically for you. And you can walk into that plan and purpose by just asking him in your heart today. I wonder if you'd take a moment right now and just stop wherever you're at and pray this prayer with me. God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Lord, I believe that Jesus was crucified on my behalf that you raised him from the dead so that I could have life. And right now, I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, we believe that angels are rejoicing in heaven because you've come home. Now the important thing is for you to find a good Bible-believing church and become a part of that as you continue your journey with Jesus. We want to invite you to come and be with us any chance you get. Until then, remember, Jesus loves you, and we do too.